With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi, out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we are back together, is what the NFL is yeah. calling it. Training camps underway, all 32 teams. Uh, it's going to be a fun weekend here as we're getting ready for uh, the Hall of Fame game next week. Football on the horizon. You know, it's funny how, you know, football just consumes our, our world, right? I mean, you know, we've got full coverage of all these training camps and they're, you know, watching players practice and seeing the crowds. I mean, I, I mean, the Jets crowd was remarkable. I saw the crowds up in New England. It's just, you know, people have this incredible appetite to watch it and the sport continues to grow. I think a lot of that too, Femi, is because the betting element of it too. It just mm-hmm. it makes people really want to watch more and learn about their team. So what a great time of the year. We don't have to struggle through anything but talk about football right now. Yeah, no, we've made it through all the dog days and all that stuff. Like now the season has officially began. And you talked about the betting element of this stuff. Like that's really impactful. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of folks really interested in training camp because I think back to about 10, 15 years ago and it was only like some of us junkies that would be interested in training camp or we'd be interested only about our specific favorite teams. But now it's, I'm interested in every single team, all 32. I'm like, all right, what nugget can I get from this training camp? What nugget can I get from this training camp that could help me as a better to make better decisions, whether it be in the futures market or week one or the kind of game to game type of stuff. So I think all the coverage and we, we appreciate all the beat writers and all those people that are out there getting the videos at training camp, having been that person in the past, uh, it, it is a, a thankless job, but it's a fun job, at least. You get to go out there, watch football up close in person, and for putting it on a Twitter timeline, because I smile every time I see football players running around on grass. Well, I mean, plus we get, you know, we get past the, the, the hyperbole of how great everybody is, and, you know, this well. rookie's tremendous, and Anthony Richardson's <laughs> going to break every passing record as a rookie in the history of football. I mean, so we're kind of get past that a little bit, right? So people for their own eyes can evaluate. You know, used to be we had to read the paper. We had a, we had no coverage. So mm-hmm. I think people have a little bit of a skepticism, particularly in the betting market. Are we sure this guy's going to be a good player? Because every time we've read about it, every time we've listened to uh, everybody say this guy's great when the season starts, uh, not so much. 
Yeah, I, I would still, I would say that we're we're not fully past the hyperbole stage because the stuff that I've been reading on Twitter, there's a, a oh, lot, a, a lot of folks are going to have some big seasons coming up in 2023. So <laughs> we're not all the way past yeah. it, but we'll eventually no, get there. No, we're not past it yeah. at all. We're not past it at all. But I'm just, I think part of the interest in watching these camps is to see for yourself. Yeah. Look, fans of a team want to fall in love with the team. They they can look past the bad. But I think betters have to do a better job of picking and choosing, you know, about what they see and are we sure this is correct. Taking the negative attitude, are we sure he's good? Mm-hmm. You know, are we sure this guy's going to be very good? Are we sure that this is, is what we're seeing? Because how many times have we been wrong in that area? Uh, a million. And we'll be wrong a million more times in the future. <laughs> That's how it goes. But we do have a fun show on deck for you guys over these next two hours. And we'll talk to some people who are actually have boots on the ground. And they can give us their interpretation of what's going on at their respective training camp. Starting in 30 minutes, J.P. Finley, reporter for the Washington Commanders at NBC Sports. He'll join us 30 minutes from now. Man, Commanders Camp? People are there. They're excited for this team. It's a new day in Washington, as we've spoke about over the last couple of weeks with Josh Harris now as the owner. We'll get JP's thoughts coming up in 30 minutes. Then at 1045 Eastern, 745 Pacific, Mo Egger, radio host in Cincinnati at ESPN 1530. Obviously, the big news out of Bengals camp is Joe Burrow now out several weeks with a calf strain. We'll talk to Mo about that. And then at 1115 Eastern, 815 Pacific, Carl Jick Jack Johnson, Joins us once again from the Beau Rivage in Paluxy, the sportsbook director out there. But, Michael, let's start with the Joe Burrow news. You've been a general manager before. You've been a front office executive for a number of years. When you see that happen at training camp practice, I would imagine the feeling is almost as if it's like a body blow. Like, oh, my goodness, all this work that we've built up, our season might be done and we're only a few days into camp. Luckily for the Bengals, we don't think it's going to be that serious. It's just a calf strain. He's out several weeks, but... I mean, that's got to be a very nerve-wracking moment. Yeah, it is. And I think when you first see it and he reaches for his lower body, like Dan Marino, I can remember when Dan Marino uh, in Cleveland tore his Achilles. He just reached down, and all of a sudden he kind of had to get helped off the field. So it's the same thing. Burrow reached down, and then he went right on the ground. Now, we knew he had a sleeve on his calf, so it probably was. But, you know, this is going to derail his summer. Mm. And I'm sure that the Bengals are going to say that, you know, he's not going to play. He didn't play last preseason. Yeah. So he didn't throw one pass last preseason. So the fact he's going to miss time in terms of the preseason games is insignificant. What's significant is the fact that he is going to miss practice time. And they're going to have to put Trevor Simeon in the game. And they're going to have to put Jake Browning. And I'm sure they're going to have to sign another quarterback because right now they only have two quarterbacks who can practice on the roster. That's not enough. So they're going to have to bring someone else in. And we know this about the Bengals as a betting community. We know they don't start fast, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, five turnovers in the opening game. Burrow didn't play at all in the summer. Mm-hmm. Even though he practiced with the team, he didn't play. So they don't start quickly. They went overtime in the first year. They beat Minnesota. But for the most part, we know that this – I'm shocked that the betting line hasn't moved slightly or ticked a little bit towards Cleveland because of this news. Not that I don't think he's going to play – because I do, but I'm just not sure that this team can be in sync if he's not practicing because we know even when he practiced, he wasn't in sync last year. They started five and four, right? They get off to a slower start. They build momentum as the season goes on, and he builds momentum. 
Yeah, and I think intuitively, you already kind of liked Cleveland in that game before this all happened. Like, we talked about this game about a month or even six weeks ago, and you said that, hey, Cleveland week one, that's an interesting spot, given the fact that Cincinnati does start slow under Zach Taylor. They kind of used the first half of the season to kind of start to progress, and then they really ascend in the second half of the season, kind of wanting to finish stronger than what they actually start. But speaking of Zach Taylor, he spoke with the media yesterday to give an update on the status of Joe Burrow and how long he'll be out in training camp. I'll start with Joe. Um, calf strain, it'll take several weeks, and, and that's the information we got right now. Several weeks taking into the regular season, potentially? Several weeks to several weeks. How much, Great. How much time with Joe at camp or practice would he need to be ready for you comfortably? To play Joe got more days this July than he's ever had in the NFL, and so I feel really good about the, the progress we made during those July practices with Joe. And uh, when he's able to get back, we'll, we'll be able to get to work with him. How's Joe doing personally right now? Good. Joe's always, he always takes him stride. And he's the same guy every day. Mm, several weeks is several weeks. And more reps, more reps than he got at any other time in July. Wow, that's shocking to know. That's hard to believe, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, that's hard to believe. I mean, they've only been practicing since how long? They don't play in the Hall of Fame game, so... <laughs> That means the last summer he was vacated. Was he putting suntan lotion on? Was he the copper tone baby? What was going I mean, on? He, I mean, I don't he, understand. He had the appendectomy. So he, he had the appendectomy. So I guess maybe that's why he was not able to get the yeah. reps. But I was like, what about the season leading up to his rookie year? I'm pretty sure he got more reps that summer than he did this summer. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. Now, you remember the one year coming off the ACL tear that he probably didn't get a lot. But look. The fact is they start slow, and even more so this year because, you know, the strength of their team typically is their ability to play great defense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so – but they've got a lot of moving parts in their secondary. Dak Hill will now assume the strong safety job, the first-round pick from Michigan last year, you know, because they've lost Von Bell. They lost Jesse Bates, and when you watch them play defensively, those two guys were the communicators of the defense. They were able to, you know, organize everything. Now they've got Nick Scott in there. Will Jordan – Jordan Battle ended up beating out one of these guys for the starting role. He was a third-round pick from Alabama this year. So, you know, when you look at the secondary particularly, it's got to be a little bit of a concern when you're going and you're starting with younger players or players who don't have as much experience. And then with your quarterback situation, not getting the reps. So, look, I I don't expect him to miss the opener. I'm just not saying he's going to play the opener Mm -hmm. like he typically would play the conference championship game. And to your point, He missed a lot of time last year with the appendectomy, didn't get those reps in training camp, and he didn't look like himself week one against Pittsburgh. Now, give Pittsburgh credit. That's also a really good defense. Minka Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, those guys were making plays in that game, but you're facing a really good defense once again this week one on the road now at Cleveland in a rivalry game, that in-state rivalry, and we have seen at some places uh, this line has ticked in favor of the Browns. I'm seeing a one on the board. There's a one and a half as well, but – I think for the most was, part, we're probably it was two and a half board. at one yeah. time. Yeah, it was I mean, it was two and a half there. I, I thought the line would move. I thought the line would move. I wouldn't be surprised that the Thursday before this game, if it's if it's down to one in the circuit contest or mm-hmm. in any contest that you look at, I always look at those contest lines. And they lock them in on Thursday as an indication of where they think the line's going to go for Sunday. Because they've got to do a good job of predicting. That's it's kind of a peak look into the Sunday line, mm-hmm. and we'll see if it moves. But we know they start slow. It doesn't mean they're not going to be a good team. It doesn't mean that Joe Burrow's not. But they've got a lot of new offensive line, right? They got Orlando Brown going to play right tackle. 
a left tackle. They got John o. Williams, who's going to play right tackle, which is an interesting change because Williams is not a powerful guy. The mm-hmm. one thing teams always would do to him is power him back. And at the right tackle position, he's going to get powered back. So we'll see how that all manifests itself once they get through training camp. And then we also know this. Zach Taylor was very, very aware of this summer, this spring. They didn't do very much. I mean, they were one of the few mm-hmm. teams that didn't do much OTA days. Yeah, I, I don't even – weren't they one of the teams that didn't have an OTAs? I believe – I, I don't it, think they did. Yeah, Bammy. I think they just I had a mini I don't think they did. Yeah, so yeah, – so, Backup quarterback Trevor Simeon's not had a lot of reps in this offense. And let's face it, they're an 11 personnel team, which puts a lot of pressure on the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're an 11 personnel team. They don't really run the ball very much. They want to be able to throw it. They use Burrow's skill, which is extremely talented, to manifest their offense, to move it forward. Uh, you know, I think you have to adjust a little bit without Burrow. I don't think you can run the Burrow offense with Trevor Simeon. I can promise you that. Real quick, and we'll talk more about this on the other side. If we expect Cincinnati to start slow, should we bet on one of the other three teams to win the AFC North? Just try to grab a good number now and maybe go ahead and corner the market. We'll discuss that next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide drops next week. Get previews and predictions for every Division One team and conference best bets on futures and season win totals, plus an in-depth breakdown of how you can use our betting splits and power rankings to make you a smarter better this season. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full VSIM Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175 or Sign up on a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only $19 to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. Remember, this offer ends July 31st. That's two days away. So don't miss out on these preseason deals. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe to take advantage of these special offers and become part of the Sports Betting Network. For 
weeks away college football begins my goodness welcome back this is the lombardi line presented by bet mgm femi of Fay, michael lombardi jp finley of nbc sports covers the washington commanders out there in dc will be joining us 15 minutes from now from commanders park he is at training camp right now so we'll get jp's thoughts on the commanders coming up here in the next segment but uh, i wanted to ask you michael because we were talking about joe burrow and the Bengals and how they tend to start slow whether there's an injury or not. But now that we do have this calf injury baked in, is there a team that you would want to bet on? Because looking at BetMGM's odds to win the NFC or AFC North, excuse me, Baltimore's plus 220, Cleveland's 4-1, to one, Pittsburgh's plus 450. Is there a number that you think that we should grab now to where maybe midseason we can come back and get the Bengals at a much better price? I, I, would, I was always – I've been on a Browns bandwagon here, you know, because I think that they've got a really good team. And I can't believe that what we saw in Deshaun Watson last year is who Deshaun Watson is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make fun of the $257 million contract that he got fully guaranteed by the Browns, but the tape was the reason he earned that contract. There were three teams that would have liked to have him uh, without the circumstances off the field. And so I, I just don't think that was an aberration. I think last year was. So to me, I think the Browns are going to be much improved defensively. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to stop the run, which is one thing Jim Schwartz, as the defensive coordinator, does a really good job of, is making the opponent play left-handed, take away one element of the game. And I think ultimately they'll be a good team. I, I, I have Cincinnati going to the Super Bowl because I think Cincinnati gets in, but I'm not sure you can start five and four with as many good teams in the North as they have. I mean, Pittsburgh's not an easy out either now. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to dismiss Pittsburgh. I, I wrote about it. You know, why doubt Mike Tomlin? Why doubt him? I mean, last year, when you look at them over the last, after the bye week, and all we do is talk about how great these the Lions team was, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have a fairly good comparison between the Lions and the Steelers. Both teams in consecutive weeks played the Carolina Panthers, right? Carolina played Pittsburgh. That wasn't even a game. Pittsburgh beat them up. It was truly a butt kicking. And they couldn't run the ball on Pittsburgh. They couldn't really make any plays. And Pittsburgh dominated the game and won. The next week, Detroit comes in. And Carolina dominated that game. So in the comparison, everybody wants to talk about Detroit. No one wants to talk about Pittsburgh. Because they're not sexy, because they're not flamboyant, because their offense is, what, boring, right? And, oh, Pickett's not very good. They only committed two turnovers the second half of the season after the bye week. Think about that. Two in nine games. Wow. And they were very effective. So I I don't dismiss them either here. I think they're going to be a tough out. They've got two really good rushers in Highsmith and Watt. Their secondary adding Patrick Peterson, I think, will help. He played well last year. And having Minka Fitzpatrick in, as the free safety, they're around the football. I think Pittsburgh's had a really good offseason, and I think you can't overlook them. Yeah, no, I agree with you on Pittsburgh. I was hoping that Pittsburgh would make the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, the Dolphins beat the Jets in that Week 18 game, which kept the Steelers out of the playoffs because I thought Pittsburgh would have been a dangerous team. The way that they were playing at the end of last season, they were really good, especially defensively with T.J. Watt back in the fold. Minka Fitzpatrick, we've discussed those guys uh, ad nauseum. Uh, Before we get to Jalen Ramsey here, I want to – ask you about this other breaking news that we've just seen in the AFC East. This is not a transaction, but it's a visit, and I think it's interesting. This is from Field Yates over at ESPN, and it's reported from our guy Jordan Schultz, who is an NFL insider at The Score, that the Patriots are hosting free agent running back Ezekiel Elliott today. So they brought in Dalvin Cook. Now Zeke Elliott's coming in. 
Well, I think they know they need another runner, and I've been saying this. I think Dalvin Cook's money kind of got away from him a little bit in terms of that. But Zeke Elliott will, you know, comes in there. Now, they both have the same – Ramondo Stevenson and Zeke Elliott have the same agent, which mm. always presents a problem because when you look at it on the surface, you say, well – How's this going to work out, right? You know, if he he doesn't want to put the kid there, if not. But I do think with Zeke, you know, they're going to need somebody in that red zone to help them. One of the areas where I think if you really study New England's football team last year and, and get away from the Matt Patricia rhetoric and get away from how bad the offense was, where they really lost games, they lost four games because of their inability to play well in the red zone offensively and defensively. Where they lost games was their inability to get off the field on third down defensively and stay on the field there. But the red zone is really what their concern is. And Zeke's 12 run touchdowns last year is huge for them, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to need a power back. Now, in talking to people about Zeke, that he was a, he played most of the year injured, uh, and I don't know where the injury occurred, but he wasn't 100%, which looked like he didn't have the same burst. And Pollard just made him look slower and slower and slower. But he's a power runner, and I think New England needs a power runner. I think they can't wear and tear Stevenson down. So depending on the whether they can get a contract on their terms, what they like, I, I think that's something that they want to do. I've been saying all along, the backup runner for New England is a critical position because Stevenson's so good. And for all the conversation about Mac Jones, bad last season, his percentage of interceptions was 2.5 as a rookie. It was 2.5 last year. He turns the ball over too much for a guy who's too smart, and especially in those red zone areas. And I think ultimately what they have to be is very good running the football. The best teams in the red zone run it. They can run it. I mean, look at Detroit last year. They ran the ball in the red zone. I mean, Williams had what? 15 touchdowns last year. Yeah, now he's in New that. Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> he had the, 17. He's the Lions record. I think yeah. he had 17, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got to be able to run the ball. Zeke had 12. And and watch the Giant tape, okay? The Giant game on Sunday night there when it's third and one from the one and he breaks two tackles and gets in the end zone. That's kind of what you need to have. I, I, I don't do not believe Zeke's the same player he once was. But I still think Zeke is, if he's healthy, and what we saw last year was injury-related, I think he'll help. Yeah, I mean, Zeke, he got hurt, I believe, in the Detroit Lions game. It was like almost like a hyper-extended knee. Then he missed the next week against Chicago, and Pollard had the big game against the Bears. And then Zeke came back, but he was never quite himself. And the last couple of years, he's been dealing with injuries, which we know running backs at this stage in their career, they tend to deal with those injuries. But if you reduce Zeke's role, maybe he's able to stay healthier. But my question to you, Michael, is that, don't you think Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson, aren't they too close to what they are as, as their skill set-wise? I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is more explosive, but they're both kind of power backs, so like being able to break tackles like that. Like, like, don't you think they're a little bit similar? I think Stevenson could do everything, Femi. I think he's a really good receiver. And I've been saying this for three years now. When they paid Zeke, I had no issue with it because I thought Zeke was a weapon. I th- over the years with the joystick, my man Kellen Moore never mm. used Zeke in the passing game. I mean, the guy had 17 targets last year. Guy's got great hands. 17 catches, I'm sorry. Guy's got great hands. And he can run more than screens and flats. He can run routes. I think they could actually play Stevenson and Zeke at the same time. Stevenson is a very good route runner. Stevenson's very good catching the football. Both can block really well. You know, one of the things when you watch Barkley, 
for all the conversation and how Barkley's a great runner, and he is a really good runner, mm-hmm. but he still struggles in pass protection. He still struggles catching the football consistently. And so, you know, when you can get a back that can do more than just flats and screens in the passing game, that can help. And I think what you'll see there is you'll be able to see them play. If they, if they sign Zeke, you'll be able to see them play them both at the same time. I, I think that's what they need. And one thing you need is somebody to run the ball in the red zone. Remember, Stevenson fumbled that ball in the red zone against Cincinnati or they win that game. Yeah, and Zeke was an elite short yardage back for the Cowboys over the last handful of years. I'll ask you this, though, because the Patriots also brought in my guy playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette. So would you rather have Zeke Elliott or Leonard Fournette here in 2023? I would rather have Zeke. Do you know what kind of shape Leonard was in, Femi? He was in TV shape. I saw him on Good Morning Football earlier this summer. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. I think those scales got tipped in a bad direction. Oh, no. Let me just put that out there. Oh, yeah. no. That's that's what's going on? <laughs> Playoff Well, lighting. look, I mean, look, you know, I eat because I'm unhappy, and I'm unhappy because I eat. I think that might apply to Leonard Fournette. That's too bad. That's too bad. But he, maybe he'll be ready for the playoffs because they call him Playoff Lenny. He, he's got to play himself well, in shape. Got, you know, he's going to have to get, like me, he's going to have to get on that diet and get going and get away and put do the push-ups away from the table, you know. But, you know, look. I think, to, you, you know, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Being a fat running back doesn't mean you're going to get a job. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, not a, that's not a good combination. But once again, the New England Patriots hosting free agent running back Ezekiel Elliott today on a visit. We'll see if something gets done. They've been in discussions with Dalvin Cook. Cook has had a visit with the New York Jets. Maybe that's what's led to Zeke Elliott now going into the visit over at Foxborough. We'll be tracking that all throughout the weekend. But on the other side, J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington joins us to talk commander's camp here on the Lombardi Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. We all know about the speed of sound, but have you ever thought about the sounds of speeding? Drive too fast and you can hear the sound of your vehicle crashing because one way or another, speeding catches up with you. Paid for by NHTSA. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. We'll get to Mo Egger joining us in 15 minutes. Cincinnati radio host of ESPN 1530. But joining us right now to talk all things Washington Commanders in our nation's capital. Let's bring in Washington Commanders reporter J.P. Finley for NBC Sports out there in D.C. J.P., we appreciate you joining us here on the Lombardi line this morning. And before we get into all the football, I just want to ask you about the atmosphere. You're out there at Commander's Camp. We've seen the videos on Twitter. It feels like the fan base is alive. I mean, Kevin Durant, PG County's own, is now at Commander's Camp watching the Commanders. Like, How different is the atmosphere this year versus what we saw last year and the previous years under Dan Snyder? It's night and day. I mean, it, it is so dramatically different. You know, I, I grew up here in in D.C. and this team, the Redskins, then were were such a huge, huge part of this city. I mean, it was it was the fabric that brought all things together in what is a very political kind of divided city, and everybody just rooted for the Skins. And I mean, Dan Snyder's ownership reign eroded this thing so far. And uh, I'm, I'm actually at practice at training camp right now. And this is the biggest crowd I've seen since the RG3 days down in Richmond easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's packed out here. Um, it, it feels the, the vibe with fans is so dramatically different. 
And it, it, it's hard to, to really like explain it outside of there were practices last year, open to the public training camp that probably had fewer than a hundred people. And, and I wow. would easily estimate they've got, I don't know about 10,000 because there's not that much space, but they easily have over five, <laughs> maybe 7,000, maybe 10,000. It is packed out here. All right. So JP, the, the, the million dollar question, Sam, Howell, right? I'm sure he's probably having a great practice, great camp. Everybody's saying great things. But what does it appear to you when you watch the practice as they run their offense? Because we know this about the commanders. Number one red, number one team last year on third down defense. Sixth best team in the red zone. This defense is legit. If they get any production from the offense, they'll win more than eight games. Yeah, so I, I'll, I'll give you one that you probably don't hear very much from camp. Howell's actually not looking good today. He's kind of spraying it today. Um, but you know, they're four or five days in now. He had a pretty, he had a fairly impressive mini camp OTAs. He's looked good so far. Um, I like how he's got a big arm, good athleticism. He can, he can run, which I think they will, will lean on a bit, but he can also scramble. Um, there's a lot to like there. They're going to give him an opportunity. I think if it goes poorly, they go to Brissett. And I think Brissett is a fairly known quantity. It's not going to be explosive offensively, but they could just protect the ball and lean on their defense. Um, I'm with you. If, if if their offense can be average and just not bad, I think they win eight games. I think this offense, offensively, a stat I've looked at a bunch is QBR. Um, and if you look at last year, Carson Wentz gave them about a 37 QBR in his seven starts. Wentz was awful. Um, and then if you look at what Heineke did, Heineke was better, but Heineke's limited, and he was about a 46. Average that out, they're getting about a 41 QBR. I think Howell could give them a 50, and and they win eight games. I I think Howell gives them a a 55, a 58. I think they can win nine and be a wild card team. Mm. We're speaking with J.P. Finley, Washington Commanders reporter for NBC Sports Washington. Uh, with that expectation of a, hey, if Howell plays at least average, this could maybe be a playoff team. Would you say that in 2023 that Ron Rivera is on the hot seat? Oh, definitely. He knows. I mean, he, I, he said it. Um, ownership change, you know, no playoff wins in three years. The quarterback, I mean, the, the quarterback process here for him to stick his neck out for Carson Wentz last year. And then to go back to him week 17 in a must-win game against Cleveland was just a disaster. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly on the hot seat. I, I, I Frankly, I kind of think the entire organization gets a one-year trial for the new owners. These guys are in pro sports. They know what they're doing, and they'll know if what they're seeing. Oh, sorry, a little girl just fell. Um, you okay? <laughs> sorry, I'm at practice. There's a lot going on. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, <laughs> He's a little toddler. She's okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I think everybody's on the hot seat, frankly. And I think everybody here understands that by January or February, the whole thing could be torn down. And if you look long-term, they have 22 expiring contracts. They have a really cheap quarterback room. Um, the, the key pieces, I'd say, are under contract. Like, if – if, if you fast forward this to next January and whoever the best GM team president type dude is out there, they could be looking at a really, really enticing rebuild situation. I'm not sure it'll get there, um, but, you know, the long-term picture here looks dramatically different than it did under Dan Snyder. 
Well, let's talk about Josh Harris. He comes in. Now, we know this. The the, the team was up for sale for a while, and the, they basically hamstrung the front office, Martin Mayhew uh, and Marty Herney. Those two guys kind of run the front office along, under Ron Rivera's guidance that they couldn't really do it. Even Payne's contract, all the money was funded in September when they knew a new owner would be there. So now that that's been removed and Josh Harris is on board, why have they not made a move to try to fix some of the areas of their team that I think need to be fixed? For example, running back. I know Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson are good players. They're not elite players. Why wouldn't they be in the Dalvin Cook market? Uh, this, it's kind of not a Ron M.O. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's a money thing. I, they drafted Brian Robinson last year in the third round. Gibson was a third rounder a few years prior. They truly believe Robinson could be a much more dynamic player. Last year, you saw he's a tough runner, but there wasn't a lot of first. Um, he was shot about a year ago. He was shot in August, and they think that impacted his whole season. He believes he's going to be a different player. I, I wouldn't expect that. And honestly, I think this is like – I have fans ask me all the time if they're going to you know, try to find Taylor Luan or something. I, I think they like the team they put together. Ron is a fairly conservative team builder, and – I wouldn't expect much to change. And I think, you know, having real conversations like on background, talking to people involved with the new ownership, the, the league was very, very hardcore about making sure they had no contact with the organization until the sale went through. No real conversations, certainly no personnel um, influence. And I think that group is just taking over too late to, to really start to shape things in a different direction. So you get Ron, who by and large has been pretty conservative throughout. I mean, they've, they've re-signed a few of their own players to big contracts, but they haven't been active in free agency. Their draft picks have, you know, there's not a lot of aggressive draft day trades, any of that kind of stuff. So I, I wouldn't expect a significant change here between now and week one. Well, JP, I know they've signed a lot of their own guys, but one guy that they didn't sign, in fact, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. That's Chase Young. There's been rumors about maybe Chase Young potentially being on the trade block. Now, is that just rumors, or is there actual smoke to that to where maybe Chase Young at some point before the season, or maybe it's even at the trade deadline, the commanders would move on from him? I mean, remove the name value, and what's the trade market for him, right? It's a one-year rental for a guy coming off a big knee injury that hasn't really produced since 2020, and I think what what would you honestly get for that? A fifth, a fourth? I think having Chase in a prove-it year where he he looks great. He looks fantastic. Now, there's no pads on yet. You know, linemen aren't able to really get their hands on him or certainly, that, you know, the threat of a, of a cut block or something. But he's been routinely beating the tackles out here. Um, and, and there's some thought here that, that Chase in a prove-it year is the best way to get the most out of Chase. So I, I don't see it. There, there were some conversations around the draft, and I won't be stunned if this team stumbles early, say they're two and five or something, and new ownership then kind of has their their feet planted, and they want to start a major rebuild, and then you know trade deadlines right around Halloween. Could you see something there? Maybe, but if they start the other way and they're four and two, I, I think they're going to run. Certainly wants to make a playoff run and try to win a game and keep his job going forward. Yeah, I, I think what you said there about Chase beating those tackles, I, I'm worried about their tackle position. 
You know, I think Charles Leno at left tackle has been a concern for me. And I know they signed Andrew Wiley, who played well for the Chiefs, but they also had Patrick Mahomes to move around back there. I think if there's one area that they really are are, are kind of holding their breath, it's the offensive tackle. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they signed Nick. They've had serious center problems here with injuries. They signed Nick Gates to stabilize that, but Gates is a guy that played 10 games in the last two years. Uh, he's trending up from an awful knee injury a few years ago. Um, but, yeah, I, I, think you're, I think you're dead on. Really, I think they've assembled a good roster. They just have major questions at quarterback and O-line. All right, he is J.P. Finley, managed man. reporter at NBC Sports Washington. Great stuff there, J.P. We'll talk soon later on this season, man. Good luck. Okay, take care. Thank you. All right, that's good stuff there from J.P. Finley. On the other side, Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati joins us next year on the Lombardi Line. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Step up to the plate for BetMGM's new Swing for the Fences free-to-play game for the chance to win a prize every day this baseball season. Pick an area of the strike zone and take your best swing in this free-to-play game. If you get a single, double, triple, or home run, you'll receive a prize. Smash a home run to collect the bonus bet on us. Just log into your BetMGM sports account to get started. Swing for the Fences with the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM and GameSense. Remind you to play responsibly, 21-plus a wager. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, New York, Nevada, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in most states. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. Thank you to J.P. Finley, Washington Commanders reporter for NBC Washington. In the last segment, J.P. also looking out for the kids. Mid-interview, making sure the toddler was okay. We're all good here. <laughs> Doing it all, man. Hey, you never know what's Doing happening. Doing it all. You never know. Everyone's at training camp these days. But joining us now is Mo Egger, Cincinnati radio host at ESPN 1530 to talk <clears> all things Bengals. Mo, we appreciate you joining us this morning. Obviously, the big news out of Bengals camp, Joe Burrow's calf strain, Zach Taylor yesterday saying it will be several weeks. So when you hear that, 
in my opinion, that's very vague. Do you think that Joe Burrow will be ready to go week one against the Cleveland Browns? If, well, I am a betting man. Um, if you made me wager <laughs> an amount of money, go, if you, yeah. If if you made me wager an amount of money that matters to me, either way, will he or won't he play week one? I would bet on him playing. But you're right. I mean, look, you guys know during the regular season when when teams are required to issue injury reports, there's there's always a huge level of vagueness. Zach Taylor has mastered that in his in his time in Cincinnati during training camp when there's no obligation to issue a, an injury report or anything like that. They're going to be even more vague. The, the entire city yesterday was 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 trying to you know sort of figure out what the the specific meaning of the word several is because <laughs> Zach said he's going to miss several weeks. Well, okay, is that three? Is it five? Is it six? Does it bleed into the regular season? But I think there's a general sense. First of all, they obviously dodged a huge bullet here because whenever your starting quarterback is carted off, you fear the worst. It feels like they have avoided the worst, um, and there's a genuine sense that. There's at least a good possibility that he's going to play week one, but this is going to be the topic of the summer for the next six weeks. And I'm not sure they're ever going to come out and say, yes, he's going to play. I'm not sure they're ever going to come out and say, he's not going to play until they absolutely have to. But just based on what I'm hearing and based on the general sense you get from the folks at Paycor stadium, my guess is he is going to be good to go for week one against Cleveland. And good to go is an interesting Tagline, because we know this. Zach Taylor's won one opening day games in his career, and it was an overtime win against Minnesota. Uh, McPherson hit that field goal at the end to win it for him. Uh, And we know that he takes great pride in not overworking the team in May and June. He mentioned that Joe had more reps this July than he's ever had, which is somewhat strange. I know he came off the appendectomy in the ACL, but – it didn't seem like they practiced quite a bit. So knowing that they don't really are ready for the opening day game or they're in prime position, uh, even if he plays, do you think how effective will he be? Well, it's it's obviously a, a fair question. Go back to last year, week one against Pittsburgh. He turned the ball over five times. Now, I think that was, first of all, a byproduct of a medical procedure that compromised his ability to, to, to really do anything. You know, he, he lost weight. He was also playing behind an offensive line that had four new guys on it. And it was, I think the the worst possible combination of quarterback coming back from a procedure, a new offensive line and a Mike Tomlin coach team to put a premium on really being ready week one. Uh, I think what they're going to lean on is continuity. And I mean, you think about it for all the success the Bengals have had, it's remarkable. They had the same coach, Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. The, the coaching staff is, is the same. The offensive personnel, with the exception of Orlando Brown, is basically the same. It's the same group of high-end wide receivers. It's for the same offensive linemen from last year. It's the same, same starting running back, at least for week one, with Joe Mixon. So I think what they're going to lean on is continuity. I think they're also just going to lean on the fact that Joe Burrow is a gym rat. And so, you know, he's, he's not necessarily going to be able to do anything physically, but nobody has ever argued uh, the suggestion that Joe Burrow does everything he possibly can to be ready uh, from a mental standpoint, from the standpoint of knowing the opponent, they're going to play the Cleveland Browns week one, who obviously they they've seen a bunch, but I think more than anything, they're just going to lean on the continuity that they've enjoyed and, and, and hope that that can get them through I also think they're obviously hopeful that Joe Burrow will be on the practice field 
at some point before they play the Browns. If, if he's going to play week one, that tells me he will have at least gotten some reps in the week or two leading up to the game. We're speaking with Mo Egger of ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati, talking Cincinnati Bengals here. You brought up the offensive line, Mo. Let's go there because where does Lyle Collins sort of fit into this O-line? Because you sign Orlando Brown to play left tackle. It sounds like Jonah Williams is going to kicked over to the right side. Do they maybe put Lyle Collins inside at guard? He's done that in the past back when he was in Dallas. Like, w- w- Does this O-line kind of go through another reshuffling here like they did a year ago? I don't think so. I think the first thing with Lyle Collins is He's got to be on the practice field. He still hasn't been cleared to do anything. He's coming off a, a pretty major knee injury that he suffered on Christmas Eve last year. So the first thing that has to happen is he's got to get on the practice field. Then they've got an open competition. It really is their only open competition during training camp to be the starting right tackle because you're right. Jonah Williams is moving from left to right tackle. So it's either going to be Jonah Williams or Lael Collins. And I think you have to factor Jackson Carmen into the mix. Right now, just because of, of, of availability or lack thereof in Lyle's case, you have to assume that Jonah Williams is the favorite. And then what do they do with Lyle Collins? They're not going to kick him inside because they signed Alex Kappa to play right guard. They've got Cordell Volson, the left guard, who they really like. And then so what do you do? Do you, do you take, okay, Lyle Collins, we're paying him close to $14 million to be a backup. It's the ultimate luxury item. At the same time, remember, this team has seen its championship hopes go up in smoke because of offensive line injuries last year in the postseason. For all the help they enjoyed in the regular season on the offensive line, they didn't have Lyle Collins in the playoffs. They didn't have Jonah Williams in the playoffs after the Baltimore game. And so there's certainly a premium on high-end backups. I also think there's a pretty good possibility that Lyle Collins ultimately ends up getting cut if he doesn't win the starting right tackle job because are the Cincinnati Bengals going to play going to pay uh, a backup left tackle the kind of coin they're giving Lyle Collins but the first thing that has to happen is he's got to be on the practice field and a few days in the training camp I don't even know when that's going to happen let's shift to defense Mo they lost their two starting safeties Von Bell and Jesse Bates so Dak Hill maybe Nick Scott maybe Jordan Battle maybe Michael Thomas will fill that role what does that look like to you so far well, I think, you know, Dax Hill, we, we knew a year ago Jesse Bates is going to be gone. Dax Hill is going to be the guy. I think one of the more surprising offseason developments was Von Bell got away. I think most of us sort of figured, okay, they're going to go either or. Jesse's going to leave. They'll pay Von Bell. He'll stay. And it'll be Dax Hill and Jesse and, and Von Bell. That obviously uh, also went up in smoke. And so now you have Nick Scott and Dax Hill. You know, you mentioned Jordan Battle, who I think is really interesting, but Lou Anarumo, famously so, uh, doesn't like to rotate his safety, doesn't like to rotate DBs, and is always going to lean on the side of experience. Obviously, Dax Hill doesn't have a ton of experience, but he does have a year under his belt playing for the Bengals in a Lou Anarumo defense. And so I think they're going to ride or die with the two starting safeties that are at the top of the depth chart right now, and, and Nick Scott. And, uh, and, and Dax Hill, maybe the best news the Bengals got this week was in the secondary where Chidobe Awuzie was cleared to practice mm-hmm. because, you know, he was, they won 10 straight games without him in the regular season last year, but still he is clearly, clearly their number one corner. I think the interesting thing with this defense look no further than what they did at the top of the draft. The pass rush has to get better. 29th in the NFL last year in sacks. And rotationally, there was a pretty steep drop-off from the guys 
who get most of the reps to the guys who are sort of filling in rotational roles. Miles Murphy is going to be asked to play a pretty big role this year, and if he is as good as they think he can be, this pass rush should get a boost. Mo, we got about 30 seconds left. You said you are a betting man, so would you go over the 11.5 win total, or if not, who do you think is the biggest threat to challenge the Bengals in the AFC North? I think the biggest threat is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They finished the season great. They had a very good offseason. I think they have their guy in Kenny Pickett. 11.5 is kind of tough. The division is really, really difficult. They play the first-place schedule. They won 12-4 and four last year, obviously only played 16 games. Now without Joe Burrow, perhaps week one, and I do think he will play, but with that uncertainty, I don't know how right now you take the over with any amount of confidence. Wow, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 450 to win the AFC North over at BetMGM. He is Mo Egger. Check him out at ESPN 1530 Thank Cincinnati. You, Excellent stuff, Mo. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me. That was good stuff there from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Michael. How about that? We said they've been underlooked and they're, they're, they're underrated. And Tomlin, why I would you bet against him? They and Seattle have been really underlooked this offseason. Yeah, and all they do is win. <laughs> Funny how that works. On the other side, we start hour number two with what's on Michael's mind here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 